pens and the best pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart Radio station. As you may have read in the Pittsburgh Tribune Review a couple of days ago, I wrote about the Pittsburgh versus New England football rivalry, which is very much a one-sided rivalry, seeing as how Tom Brady has won 10 of 12 times against the Steelers when he's played them. And there are some truisms when it comes to Pittsburgh sports, some things that you just can't avoid talking about. Like, for instance, what we just discussed. Will the Pirates ever make a big move in free agency or at the deadline? Will Pitt and Penn State ever play each other again? And, of course, will the Steelers ever figure out a way to slow down Tom Brady? The answers to those questions are, no, are you friggin' kidding me, and I gotta believe it before I see it. So, let's see something else. Let's see the Pittsburgh Steelers actually be willing to outscore the New England Patriots instead of scared, timid approach to offense, which is run the ball, make sure we grind the clock, and keep that crazy old coot who throws the ball over the field for 300 yards every time he plays as Tom Brady. Let's keep him on the sidelines because he's the boogeyman. You know, the funny thing is, the two times the Steelers have beaten Brady, they have clock-controlled him to death. And one time it was, yeah, good old-fashioned Stiller football in that. Deuce said 125. Bettis, I think, had 56 and a touchdown. They held on to the ball for 42 minutes, and they won 30-24. to 24. That was Ben's rookie year. And then 2011, when they did it again, they had it for 39 minutes, but it wasn't about running the ball. Why? Because the game is different. It was different then, 2011, and it sure as heck is in 2017. You don't just control the ball by running the football anymore. You control it by throwing the football. And honestly, you don't control the ball by throwing the football like you do now as you did in 2011. It's changed in that regard, too. I think the Steelers need to be willing to beat Tom Brady in a score fest. That's what I think. And if that's by virtue of them holding on to the ball for a long time and they put up a lot of points that way, like 34 in 2004, okay, great but they probably have to score 34. That day, they only had to score 21 because the Patriots only had 20. But this defense ain't going to get Brady off the field three and out a bunch of times without Shazier and potentially without Joe Hayden. You know, the defense has come up big, big, lots of times when they've been home underdogs. They've been really good when they've been a home dog. I gave you the numbers earlier, 8-4 and four overall, 8-3-1 and one against the spread. And as of now, they're a three-point underdog against the New England Patriots, according to Bovada. Might be a good play to take the Steelers plus the points. Ask me to bet straight up, though. I'm still taking the Patriots until I'm told differently. And to circle all the way back to where we started from, I asked the question when it comes to New England and Pittsburgh, why such an effort being made again this year and in the wake of that Dolphins game to make it look like the Steelers will win because the Patriots have regressed. I don't like doing that because I think we fool ourselves every year in thinking the Patriots have slipped more than they really have. Sure, they're not as good as that unbeaten team that went to the Super Bowl. Sure, they're not as good as last year's Super Bowl team. Sure, they're not as good as the 2001 or 2004 teams that beat Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship game. A few teams are with the cap in the way it's managed and structured right now, but they still are good. 
and they haven't slipped as much as we have made it out to be in the last, what, 48 hours since they lost to the Dolphins. You want to tell me the Steelers are better? I'll listen to that argument. You want to tell me the gap is closed in part because Juju and Martavis Bryant are going to be part of this team? At least we think with Martavis. He missed practice today for non-injury-related reasons, which makes everybody concerned here in Pittsburgh. I saw one report that uh, his girlfriend might be in the hospital. I saw another report that this might be something that's counseling-related. I don't know. I don't know the answers yet, but we have reason to be concerned or at least keep our antenna up until we find out a more concrete answer. And if it is really that he's got something going on with his treatment, and that's part of the reason why he maybe hasn't been sick every time we've been told he's been sick, that stuff like this has been going on, why would they do it when he's practicing? You know, why wouldn't they do it when his hands are idle? Isn't he the most safe to not screw up when he's at the facility, especially like during a week like this for Patriots week? I, I don't know. Maybe we'll get an answer tomorrow. But I think Juju and Martavis are huge if they win this game. Because uh, I think New England has to be outscored by Pittsburgh for N- Pittsburgh to win. And I know that's sort of the Joe Theismann thing. they got to score more points. But you know what I mean when I say outscore. they they got to outpoint them, not just hold them down and outscore them. Outpoint them. And I think it's got to be something like 34 to 30. You know, I don't want Brady being able to manipulate and position his team for a field goal at the end of the game. You know, they came dangerously close to that last week with Joe Flacco when Justin Tucker, who's got range from the freaking gateway clipper, they needed one more first down and they're going to try a 67-yarder. I wouldn't have been surprised. And who knows, maybe he makes it. I don't want Brady to have that in his command for the last drive. Make him go the distance of the field and then have your defense come up with its big stop akin to what they did last week with T.J. Watt, and Joe Flacco. But I think Juju, I'll put it to you this way, and I'm going to make a big point of this in the trip later on in the week. In 2004, when the Steelers beat the Patriots in the regular season, there were two very important X factors to that game. Belichick and his coaching staff hadn't seen Ben yet as a quarterback. Belichick and his coaching staff hadn't seen what Palomalu was going to be a part of on that defense because he was a rookie the year before. He was confused. He didn't know what he was doing, and the coaches hadn't figured out how to use him. That changed in that October game in 2004. They saw it. They got a look at it. They adjusted. They beat him in the AFC Championship game. 2011, the Steelers showed him something different. They played man. They had a big physical corner for all of his warts in uh, Cortez Allen do a good job on Gronkowski. They were taken aback by it. And they did what we talked about before. Precise, Brady-like passing game from Ben Roethlisberger. Caught him off guard. Juju and Martavis are two elements that the Patriots haven't seen yet. Martavis, through scheduling or suspension, hasn't played against the Patriots yet. And Juju's a rookie. So I'm really interested to see if those guys can positively impact this game against the Patriots as a result. Let's go to the phones and talk to Seabass, who's calling from Cranberry. Hi, Seabass. Go ahead. You're on 105.9 The X. Hey, Tim. How are you? Good to hear you on the air. How's things? Good. Hey, um, you, <laughs> Brian, I don't know if you watched the game. I'm sure you did. There's something wrong with that guy. I'm guessing that he was stoned during that game, and maybe his rehab is more of a drug test this week, um, and maybe he's going to be done, because there was something seriously wrong with his brain Sunday night. And I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, his but brain guess, told him to go forward. His legs just didn't listen. And he's trying, I don't know which ball he was trying to catch, maybe aim for the one in the middle, but it was a, a bad performance. And I'm happy Juju will be back. And, you know, it's too I think if Martavis gets a crease, 
he can take a kick return a long way. We saw it in the 96-yarder that got called back. He's got better top-end speed than Juju. But what we saw against Detroit from Juju makes me think he could do the same thing if, if the blocking lines up the right way. So hopefully Juju comes back and returns kicks. Let's go to Virgil in the Hill District. Hi, Virgil. You're on 105.9 The X. How's it going, Tim? Good, Virgil. The thing I don't understand about the Pirates, it's, it's really simple. So Bob Dunning, the franchise value has gone up. He's been the owner. I know he's really, really quick to get payroll off the books. I, I understand that. I just don't get from a PR standpoint, even if these guys leave for bigger contracts and for bigger markets, whether that's Kutch or Garrett Cole, if they let them play out their time here, they're going to get a top 50 or top 60 pick. And granted, they're not going to save 8 or $10 million or whatever, the, which are still really friendly team deals. So it's mind-boggling to me that if you have a guy like Kutch for one more year and you're in the thick of the wild card hunt, I'm not saying – you know, trade away your top prospects for a pipe dream and maybe a, a playoff series, but they get a top 70 pick when these guys go somewhere else if they lose them in free agency. So what if that guy you draft is two years farther away than the hot prospect you're going to get? None of these prospects that we've ever traded for have, in most cases, panned out to be any. Well, Virgil, yeah, actually, you know, you're, you're kind of onto something here in the sense that, and I'll take it a slightly different direction, but you, you kind of triggered my memory. When I was talking to Bob before, and I was giving you his, like, if Neil wants to wander down this path of comparing the Pirates to the Penguins, which I think is a very slippery slope for the reasons I pointed out before, I'll give you another one here. You know, the Penguins have year after year after year traded away their prospects to help them in the now. Have any of the fans regretted that in any one single day? Like, honestly, the, the, the prospects, not just the draft choices, but the actual prospects that they brought in, that they traded away, have you really regretted trading away any one of them for what you got in exchange? Like, No, uh, and do, do, you, do you remember, like, one that hit home for me, and I'm a, I was on the wrong side of it, was Luca Caputi. What did he turn out to be? Yeah, Absolutely. or you know, even um, uh, who uh, the uh, I just jumped out of my head. I'm sorry, uh, Captain, the guy for uh, Castle. Yep. Um, my yep. God, you know there are people here in Dexter Call Virgil. How are you going to trade away Noah Welch and Angelo Esposito and a first round pick? Well, Hosa was great when he was here. He didn't win the cup, but they got him to Game Six of the final. Zach calling from his car. Hi, Zach. You're on 105.9 The X. Good day, sir. Good day, Zach. Uh, so I, I think the big thing, I don't know if you talked about it or not, but it, with the Steelers, they have AB and they got Juju and they got Martavius, but the, the Patriots have Gronk and they have about six Juju Smith Schusters. I think their wide receiver depth is much better than the Steelers. Whereas everybody that's Martavis Bryant equal to or less than is just dropping the ball literally and just not working out. Yeah, you know, that's a classic Patriots versus Steelers argument there, Zach. You crystallized it into one position, but it's big picture uh, sort of micro-analyzed into one specific position. And that one specific position, being wide receiver, it's easier to analyze because, yeah, when they drop a ball, it looks everybody can see it. But you think talent, you think Juju. You think talent, you think Martavis because they've got all the skill set that you need, right? And, you know, maybe... Danny Amendola or Dorsett or Hogan aren't guys that you look at and say, okay, they're better than the players I just outlined for the Steelers because of what they could do at the Combine. But what they do when Brady throws them the football, they get the, they get open, they run the route right, they catch the ball, and they get some yards after the catch without falling down. So they look like they're 
better in terms of the final production, even though they might be the might not be the high end athlete that some of the Steelers players are that you just rattled off. Yeah, but but I think Juju can be counted on. He's become dependable when you can keep him on the field if he's not suspended or injured. Although I really do think the suspension of hitting Burfecht was worth it, particularly if I can get my hands on a Juju the Avenger t-shirt. Or the t-shirt that's Juju standing over Burfecht with the meme print over top of it, Did You Steal My Bike? 412-333-WXR. We don't even do the spelling anymore because no one spells in their phone, right? 412-333-9939. Brought to you by McDonald's. I'm loving it. Tim Benz in for Mark Madden. Four Patriot Steeler philosophical questions. We'll give you those next here on 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. And a lot of funny stuff has no taste. Like, for example, this show. No, I just wanted to say how funny that was. Now I'm going to cut you off before you can make a joke. The X at 105.9. Tim Benz with you. Christopher Price from Boston Sports Journal coming up before the top of the hour. He'll take a look at the Patriots as we get ready for Steelers Patriots Sunday at Heinz Field on DVE. I'll be on the pregame show at 430. Play-by-play, sorry, I take it back, at uh, 12.30. And play-by-play is at 4.30. Network pregame at 2.30. We're brought to you by Chipino Restaurant and Cigar Bar, the city's best seafood and chop house located in the Strip. Here's a couple of philosophical questions I'm going to hit Craig Wolfley and Matt Williamson with on ESPN Pittsburgh at 7 o'clock, provided I can get to the South Park Clubhouse from here in time, which is very much up for debate right now. As I look at the traffic, I might drive to the airport and fly there. That might be the best way to go. Uh, we're giving away Patriots Steelers tickets, though. So if you want to win them, win them there at the South Park Clubhouse. Join us from seven till nine. And if I'm late, host the show. Here are some here are some topics discuss. Uh, I came up with these, and I kind of bounced them off Jerry Dulac. And uh, I want to see what any reaction you might have to them in the last few moments of the show. Number one: Is it more important for Steelers fans to win an AFC East, an AFC title over New England, or win another Super Bowl? Like, if I could tell you right now for sure you're going to win the AFC against New England in the championship game, but you're not going to win the Super Bowl, would you take that over winning the Super Bowl but not going through New England? Because I think there's a little part of a lot of Steeler fans that would prefer choice A. I don't care if we win the Super Bowl, just let us beat New England in the AFC championship game. It's probably not the case. If I threw that out on Twitter, which I might do, uh, I think it'd be like 55-45, win the Super Bowl. That's a lot closer than it should be. That's how much Steeler fans hate New England at this point and are jealous of New England for all the times they've beaten Pittsburgh over the years. Question two. Do Steeler fans hate the Patriots so much they actually want to see the Patriots lose on Sunday more than they even want to see the Patri- the Steelers win? Like, do you just want to see New England lose for once? For once! With Tom Brady at the helm. Like, I know some of you remember 2004, 2011. Maybe you're there, but don't you want to see it again? It feels like forever ago. Like, it feels like Cortez Allen was playing before Mel Blunt. That's how long ago it feels. I, I think there are some people that just want to see the Patriots lose even more so than they want to see the Steelers win. If the winner of this game, question three, if the winner of this game gets knocked out, will the loser of this game still be your second pick to win the Super Bowl? It will be for me. If the Steelers beat the Patriots, my choice, if the Steelers would get knocked out by, say, Jacksonville or Baltimore, my next choice would still be the Patriots to win the Super Bowl and vice versa. That's what I think. And the last question, which team will be better in five years? Because Ben will retire within five years. I think Brady will retire in five years, I think. And assuming he does, 
Who will be? My guess is the Steelers will be better in five years. Now this this will be the ultimate test of both coaches, right? Tomlin and Belichick, because I think Belichick wants to stick around for a little while after Brady retires. But my hunch is, and and maybe not because of that, just because I think there's more fiber there in terms of raw talent that'll be here five years from now with the Steelers as opposed to the Patriots. I'll go with the Steelers. That'll be a hunch. Jeff calling from his car phone. Hi, Jeff. Good, Tim. Good, Jeff. I'll tell you, I think that whatever the over is on this game, you take it. I think the way the Steelers are playing right now, um, on offense anyway, the defense is terrible. But I think the Patriots defense won't is not going to be able to handle them, and I think you're going to be looking at a pretty high-scoring game. I don't think the Steelers punt on Sunday. I think you're looking at them putting up 52, I say like 52-40 type of game. Brady might have an interception or something. But there, there's no way that they can slow down that offense. There's nobody in the NFL that's slowing down the Steelers' offense right now. And the fact is the Steelers right now are most comparable, I'd have to say, to the Peyton Manning Indianapolis Colts back in the day, except back then you were able to abuse the wide receivers, and that's what Belichick used to do to them. You can't do that anymore. Yeah, and I don't so think I'm, that their corners are as good as abusing the wide receiver. You can't do that anymore exactly. legally. You can't do that anymore just in terms of how corners are built. Um, and I would hope that you know Martavis Bryant, if he's there, and Juju Smith-Schuster, if he's there, would be strong enough to get themselves free from situation by the, uh, such a situation. By the way, as we pointed out a couple times, Steelers three-point dogs at home against New England. Eight and four overall, eight three and one against the spread as dogs in the Roethlisberger era at Heinz Field. The over under fifty three, which is pretty high for an NFL over. That's high for an over outdoor game in December in the AFC. That's high, but um, for these two teams, yeah, I'd still go over. Buck Rogers, I didn't know they had phones on that ship. Buck, you're on one hundred five nine the X. Hi, this is Buck. Listen to this. If I was a Steeler coach, I'd win this game hands down. We got more talent on this team, and it's unbelievable. If everybody just does what they're supposed to do, if you're supposed to catch the ball, you catch the ball. That's that's great coaching. That's that's fantastic coaching. If I was the coach, I'd win this game by telling them they're supposed to do what they're supposed to do. Thanks. There was some insight there. I would win this game hands down because my players are better. Oh, good. Yeah, I could have won the NBA championship with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, too. Let's go to Big Z in Fox Chapel. Hi, Big Z. Hey, Tim. How are you? Good, Z. Good. Um, you know, I just wanted to call. I know earlier um, you were talking about this whole Mike Tomlin thing. and Oh, yeah. For, let, me, let me reset that for a quick second for people who missed it. There's yeah, a new ahead. website out called uh, headcoachranking.com. Schefter tweeted out earlier. And right now, Tomlin is rated as the 10th best coach in a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5-way tie. So basically somewhere between 10th and 15th with the likes of Kyle Shanahan, Dan Quinn, Anthony Lynn, and John Harbaugh, just a point behind Jim Caldwell, which I think is too low. Yeah, that's interesting company. And, you know, I think one of the main problems is, and whether people like to admit it or not, this is a little bit of a racist town. It's why they boo P.K. Subban every time he touches the puck. It's why they didn't like Cordell. It's why Wayne Simmons gets booed. They just don't like it. And when you ask people, well, why don't you like Tom? What has he done that you don't like? They can't say, well, he doesn't have a good record. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. And they don't really have an answer. And the answer is very 
prevalent when you go to games, when you see what's happening, when you see the culture around it. And it's not everyone, but it's a decent amount of people. And I think it's very tangible when you're at the games to see where this is coming from. And that is one of the main reasons. It's sad to say, but in western Pennsylvania, for whatever which reason, that's still a big factor. You can't eliminate it either way. Like you, you can't say it's just about race. Like people will hear what you're saying and they'll suggest that it's just about race. But you know, Cower got criticized. Hurdle gets criticized. Dan Bilesma got gets criticized. They're not black. But I, I'm not going to eliminate it as a, a reason and how it gets played into some people's analysis. Like I didn't let that guy go on for as long as he probably wanted to. But I, I, I wonder. You know, the guy they called before you. I wonder if that was part of his thinking, whether he wanted to say it out loud or not. But the bigger deal here, Bob, as I've just realized, is that not only might this town be racist when it comes to evaluating coaches, obviously headcoachranking.com is racist. Belichick, Payton, Peterson, McVay, Zimmer, Reed, Gruden, Marone, all in front of Jim Caldwell, Mike Tomlin, and Anthony Lynn, Anthony Lynn and Todd Bowles, and Marvin Lewis, and Vance Joseph. Hmm? Hmm? Let's go to Tim, who's calling from his car. Hi, Tim. You're on 105.9 The X. Hi, Tim. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. I um, wanted to touch on your question you asked about which team will be better in five years. Um, and I have to go with Patriots just because even if they lose Brady, say, in five years, like you said, Brady will be gone, Ben will be gone. They've lost Brady before due to injury, and the Patriots seem to me more of a system because of their coaching to where you can plug another quarterback in there and the same system will run. Now, if Belichick retires for whatever reason, because maybe he hates winning eventually, then I would see that team regressing. But as far as the Steelers losing Ben, they have to rebuild. It's almost going to be like a Ben era when they slumped a little bit. Oh, yeah, it could be. I think it could be for both, though. Like, you know, you talked about them – in 2008, going 11-5 and with Matt Castle without Tom Brady, well, the team the year before was unbeaten. It was the best team in football history. So they'll be building off of something significantly less than that, I would imagine, whenever Brady decides to hang him up. All right, uh, that'll do it for me for now. When we come back, uh, stick around, though, because we've got Chris Price. Uh, still time to go before the top of the hour. Plenty of time to go before the top of the hour. Chris Price from the Boston Sports Journal will give us a Patriots-Steelers perspective from a New England point of view. We work together WEEI, great Patriots writer. He's next on 105.9 The X. Mark Madden. S-T. Hola, good sir. Hola. Hey, Mark, how you doing? My solution is give me my cake and eat me too. The X at 105.9. Joining me right now on 105.9 The X, Tim Benz in for Mark Madden. Today it is Christopher Price from the Boston Sports Journal. He covers the New England Patriots, also wrote Drive for Five, the remarkable run of the 2016 Patriots, one of their five Super Bowls. Chris and I used to work together at WEEI when I was in New England for a short time. Very good source to turn to for information, all things Pats. Chris, great to talk to you again. How you been? Good, good, my friend. How you been? Excellent. Uh, looking forward to this after, well, 15 weeks for this. So can't wait to actually get the game played. I'm wondering, for as much uh, lead-up 
for as much um, advance as we have had here in Pittsburgh looking ahead to the Patriots game, has it been that way at all in New England, or is it more of a muted response getting to this Sunday when it comes to the Pats and their fan base? No, I, I think that, that the fan base is very fired up for this one. Uh, it, it, you know, they've, they've, they've come off you know, three or four weeks, including last week's game in Miami, where there haven't been very many, you know, a whole lot of compelling matchups, not a lot of great storylines. I think everyone in New England acknowledges that the Steelers are the closest thing, at least right now, to a counterpoint that the Patriots have. And I think everyone in New England knows that this game is going to be important. As you know, as as we both know that you know this thing is going to ultimately decide home field in the AFC. I, I think the Patriots fans are relatively confident going into this one. For me, there are some certain when you look at this team and, and you look at the rest of the conference. It reminds me a little bit of 2011, where the Patriots right now are the, are the best team in a down year for the AFC. But I think we're going to find out a lot more about them, whether or not they have true championship character after Sunday's game in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. Yeah, Chris, you know, around here in Pittsburgh, with the Bengals and Ravens so long being focal points of fan hatred um, and certainly rivalry for the team within the division, I do think that New England has surpassed both of those teams in terms of attention and angst when it comes to the fan base worrying about the Patriots all the time. And uh, I kind of deem them to be uh, Pittsburgh's top rival, but it's hard to call it a rivalry because the Patriots beat them so often, 10 of 12 with Brady starting a quarterback. Somebody asked me a question since you know I, I grew up in New England and worked there for a little while. What do the Patriots think of the Steelers? Do they look at them as a rival? I, I don't think they do. I, I think the biggest rival for the Patriots and certainly their fans is Goodell in the league. Would you agree? Yeah, you know what? That's probably true. If you're just looking at a franchise, like I said, I, I think the Steelers are probably the best counterpoint, at least right now. I know a lot of teams have kind of come and gone over the last couple of years, the Broncos, the Colts, the Ravens, that kind of thing. But it's been the Steelers as a franchise going all the way back to 2001 that's been you know, relatively consistently uh, you know, a, a good uh, measuring stick for the Patriots when, when, when you try and take the measure of, of who they are as a franchise or where they are. Uh, you know, in relation to the rest of the league. But yeah, I, I think if you're looking for, you know, just a, just a general rival, I think the league and I think Goodell still stands out, uh, you know, above the rest. But again, the franchise, if you're just looking at team to team, I think that the Steelers are, at least this year, right now, as we sit here in mid-December 2017, the closest thing that the Patriots do have to a rival in the AFC. Christopher Price writes for the Boston Sports Journal. If you're familiar with DKPittsburghSports.com, very similar platform uh, used here in Pittsburgh, and it's getting off to a great start in Boston as well. Also uh, wrote Drive for Five about the Patriots' Super Bowl season a year ago. One thing I wrote for the Pittsburgh Trib, Chris, is that I get a little tired of the year-in, year-out uh, narrative from Steeler fans as to why the Steelers are going to win this time because the Patriots are worse. I don't think the Patriots are all that much worse than last year. If the Steelers are to upset them and they are a home dog, I think it's because Pittsburgh has gotten better. Well, what do you think? What's the more true statement? If Pittsburgh does upset New England, is it because the Steelers have improved or because the Patriots have regressed? I think it's a little bit because the Patriots have regressed, although maybe, you know, 51 to 49. I saw you put the poll on Twitter the other day, and I, I, I kind of weighed in on that, and I was fascinated to see the response that people gave. Uh, this is not. Yeah, most people. Season. Last time I checked, thought the Patriots are going to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it is. It's fascinating to watch the dynamics between these two teams. I think the Patriots have stepped back a little bit, at least on paper, this year. When you compare them to last year's team, that's just because 
There's no Julian Edelman. There's no Martellus Bennett. There's no Dante Hightower when you look at the lineups now as opposed to the AFC Championship game. At the same time, they've gotten some good performances. They continue to get good performances out of Rob Gronkowski, guys like Brandon Cooks. Deion Lewis is a million years ahead of where he was in 2016 in terms of his overall impact. But I think when you look at the star power on this team, Granted, they still have Brady, they still have Gronkowski, you know, they still have Malcolm Butler who continues to play at a, you know, a, a pretty good level. But it doesn't have the same star power as the team that, you know, faced the Steelers in last year's AFC Championship game. So I think that, you know, if anything, the Patriots have kind of come back a little bit. I wouldn't say it's been a huge step back, but I think just overall in terms of personnel, when you look at all 22 guys, you know, look at the, the full 53-man roster, I don't know if it's as talented a group as they had at the end of last season. Chris, Mike Tomlin used the words elite and dominant to describe the Patriots' defense prior to the loss against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Eight weeks there, 17 points or less. Is that too much praise from Tomlin? Is it sort of buttering up in advance of the game, or are those fair words to use? And I guess keep in mind he was specifically talking about as well third downs, what he called money downs, possession downs in the red zone as well. Yeah, I think that that's, that's a little bit over the top. And I think that, you know, when you look at this Patriots team and what happened to them Monday night in Miami, I think they took a bit of a step back. I think Miami also played a, a really good game on offense. They added some wrinkles. They did some things that, you know, they didn't do a few weeks before the last time when they faced New England. So they changed things up. Uh, the other thing too is the Patriots on defense are a little bit banged up right now. They, they, they had, um, uh, they, they, were, they were they were forced to run with, and this is kind of a, you know a, a little bit specific. But the idea of a Landon Roberts as opposed to Kyle Van Noy, there was a drop off there. Noy is a much faster linebacker, a little bit better coverage linebacker than Landon Roberts. And Cutler was smart enough to be able to find him a couple of times when he was in coverage, and those breakdowns resulted in big plays for Miami. So I, I think ultimately to answer your question, this Patriots defense is much better than it was over the first four games of the year, but they're not as good right now as they were, say, at the middle of the season. They've kind of regressed just a little bit. One of the things that allowed them to improve from the first four games of the season, the communication is better, as well as the fact that Stephon Gilmore has played much better now than he was at the start of the year. You're getting a much better performance out of that secondary, particularly at the cornerback spot when you're talking about Gilmore, Butler, and that young third cornerback, Jonathan Jones, who I think is going to be key to the Patriots' defense this time around, going up against that deep Pittsburgh passing game. What about Trey Flowers and Van Noy? Will they play this week, do you think? Yeah, that, that, that's the other, and I'm glad you bring up Flowers. I, I, I forgot about him. He was, not, he was not on the field last week against Miami, and I think the pass rush suffered a little bit because that, they have some depth problems. Specifically, when you talk about the corners, when you talk about the edge rushes, when you talk about those edge presences, they've had to rely on some guys who they just bought in, guys like Eric Lee. They want to have Flowers. My guess right now, Flowers is going to be available when they take the field Sunday afternoon against Pittsburgh, and that's going to be a huge aspect of what they want to get done defensively. Like I said before, Flowers is their best pass rusher. Flowers is so integral to what they want to accomplish defensively. He was not on the field against Miami, and I think that played a large role in what happened. Chris Price from the Boston Sports Journal joining us right now to talk about the Patriots and Steelers. Uh, Chris, before I let you go, i got two more kind of coaching questions from Belichick's point of view, how you think he's going to approach the Steelers. I'll start with the first one on offense for New England. How specifically do you expect Brady and the offense to target the absence of Ryan Shazier and the potential absence of Hayden at that cornerback position I guess the part B to that would be if Hayden does play, do they still go after him because he's just back from injury, or do they go after Artie Burns more, do you think? 
I, I think that they go after both of them. I, I think that they go after Hayden. Um, and, they, and if Hayden doesn't play, they go after whoever is in there. I think one of the things that's going to be important when you talk about the Patriots' offense in this game, they're versatile enough when it comes to those make-you-miss guys at running back, specifically Deion Lewis, uh, James White, Rex Burkhead. They're going to try and spread them out a little bit. They're going to try and run a whole lot of two-back, two-tight-end sets, and they're going to look for matchups involving Burkhead and Deion Lewis against one of those linebackers. I mean, I think that's going to be a huge aspect to what they want to do. The other thing, too, and I've talked to a couple of guys about this already, the Patriots have been very good at using the Steelers' hyper-aggressive approach traditionally against them. That is to say they run a lot of reverses, they run a lot of play action, they'll run some screens, they'll run some misdirection stuff to try and get them going in the wrong direction. Those are two things that I'd look for from the Patriots' offense come Sunday afternoon. And then the last one will be, I'll flip it to the other side of the ball, when it comes to the Steelers being on offense against New England. Uh, they get Juju Smith-Schuster, Martavis Bryant on the field for the first time against the Patriots. That'll be a different look for New England to deal with. Is Belichick going to focus primarily on taking away A.B. And, and risking those guys hurting them, or do you think the primary focus will be on Bell? primary focus is going to be on Bell. Uh, you know, you're going to get... Brown, you know, Brown's going to get his, his yards. He's going to get his production. We've seen that over the years. And, and you know, I, I just talked to a, 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 you know, a former scout about this, that, you know, they'll double Brown. They've always doubled Brown. You'll use, you use Malcolm Butler and another guy over the top to try and slow him down. He's going to get his yards. But the goal is to be able to slow Le'Veon Bell down. The last year plus, when teams have had success against the Patriots, it's been because, A, they've been able to hang in and make it interesting, whether that's through turnovers, whether that's through, you know, big plays, breakdowns, whatever the case may be. And then they've been able to run on them in the second half. We saw a little bit of that last week against Miami. So if you're Pittsburgh, you want to be able to keep it close. You want to be able to force a turnover or two, maybe get a big play on special teams or return from someone like Bryant, and then hit them in the second half with Le'Veon Bell, allow him to really control the game, control the clock. I think if you're Belichick, you want to take Bell out of the game first and foremost and then go from there. The other thing, too, is the teams that the Patriots have struggled with over the last couple of years, they've had deep passing games. If someone is going to have a big game, maybe a surprise game, it's going to be someone like Brian, like I said before, matched up against someone like Jonathan Jones, who's been up and down, mostly up, but a little bit down over the course of the last few games. So those are a few things to look for from the Patriots when you're talking about the defensive side of the ball. So you think, can Pittsburgh win a game 34-30? to Like I think that's kind of how Pittsburgh has to win this one. How about Exactly. You? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Pittsburgh is not going to win a 17-14 you know, to 14 game against New England. They're going to run up and down the field, and they're going to get a couple of key stops at important times. They're going to force a turnover. You know, They're going to get a big special teams play. Who, you know, basically in this game, and this is what I've been telling everybody since, you know, since about uh, 11 o'clock or so on Monday, take the over in this one because yeah. there's going to be an awful lot of points scored. Chris, thanks. It's always great catching up with you. Uh, hopefully we'll see you at the stadium on Sunday. And uh, I encourage people to follow your work at the Boston Sports Journal. Like I said, Pittsburgh, uh, people in Pittsburgh gotten used to DKPittsburghSports.com. Similar setup, and you guys are doing good stuff there. Um, so thanks a lot for coming on and joining us, and best of luck with the book too, all right? My pleasure, Tim. Take care, and we'll talk soon. All right, Christopher Price from the Boston Sports Journal. Wrapping things up with me, Tim Benz, in for Mark Madden. I'm out of here. I'm going down to South Park. By the way, if you want to come to the South Park Clubhouse, you can win tickets to Steelers Patriots. I'm on 7 and 9, and we'll give away the tickets just before 9 o'clock. So join us there on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. Mark uh, will be back with you in advance of Vegas and the Penguins tomorrow in Las Vegas. So uh, listen to that game tomorrow night as well. This is 105.9 The X.